Morning Church. Die Jarre is goed voor ons. I stand here as a living testimony that God is good. Um, about a year ago, God has laid on my heart that there's people in our church that need us. Um, I was sitting there and God laid on my heart to start a support group for autism. I didn't know how, but I said, Lord, here am I. I walked up to one of the parents because I didn't see them for a while in church and I didn't know why. Because sometimes they come all ready to church and then things will change right here. Then they have to grab that child and go home. And some of us don't even notice that. But God is God. He takes notice of everything. I said, Lord, what must I do? I went to um, the parents, and some of them said, no, I, I can't. This is not really something that you talk about, because people don't understand what you're going through. We see them in the street. We see them around the corner. And most of the time, even for myself, we will just walk past. It's all because we lack knowledge. But God is God. I started on a Tuesday evening, 7 till 8, and I invited the parents. All of them had the same, um, uh, we don't call it a disability. Children with disabilities, they have different abilities. They are different. As we sit here, we are different. And um, you won't believe what is happening around that table. For the first time, they can really sit down and talk to people that do understand them. You know when you're frustrated, sometimes you don't want to speak to people. But when you do get the ear to listen, then that changes things for you. I want you to tell the person next to you, listen. That is all that we have to do. So it's been a year. Maybe you haven't heard that we were busy because I asked God, Lord, you open the door when the time is right. In that process, they had to prepare themselves. They had to grow in this, knowing that I'm ready to speak to other people. I am ready to open up because it's not easy. For all of us, there's some things in our lives that we hide. Not easy to talk about. But God is God. I think it's in October, November last year, just before the holidays start, everything closed up. We wrote a letter and we asked all the parents in the group, just put yourself in words on paper so that we can forward it to Western Cape Autism. Western Cape Autism is the, the backbone when it comes to help for that specific children. And God is God. They don't answer. Sometimes you know when you apply for things, they don't, the answer don't come immediately. For myself, I didn't even know that April month is autism month. I didn't know that. But God answered on time. Yesterday was World Autism Day. And today, Anna Beth 
from Western Cape Autism is here just to tell us to welcome her to the stage. A door that seems so close, but when God opened doors, he opened it wide. We thank you for being here, Annabelle. Thank you. Um, no, I don't need to. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. In the three years since I've started doing training on autism, this was the warmest welcome I ever received. I want to thank you. And to the management of the church, the route you went to get help and support for the parents that needs it. You know, when you don't know about something, you're scared of it. The more knowledge you have, the more you relax around it and you realize and you understand. So that's what I'm trying to do today. I'm going to teach you about autism and how to see the world through an autistic child or an autistic adult's eyes and just realize that life is difficult for them. It's not easy. Every little thing around them is a trigger. And we don't, what makes autism a difficult diagnosis is no two autistic people are the same. It's a spectrum, so they like this. If you know one autistic person, you know one autistic person. So we constantly need to adjust our management to a specific person. But let me give you the theory, and please stop me if you want me to explain anything. I tend to talk very fast. And we will start with this little video. So just listen and absorb what they're telling us. Thank you. Yeah, you could just maybe put the volume up a bit. We are all different, and that's wonderful. Some differences are easy to see. Height, hairstyle, gender, eye color, and so on. Other differences can't be seen. Our favorite foods, fears, or special skills. Interestingly, the way we see the world is also different. For instance, what do you see in this drawing? Most people see a duck, but some of you might have seen a rabbit. Whichever you saw, you are correct. This is just a trick drawing to show you that all brains work differently. The brain is your body's computer. It works differently for all of us and controls how you learn. That's why we are all good at different things. How you feel, which is why we all feel different emotions, and how you communicate. <laughs> Sometimes the brain is connected in such a way it affects senses and how we perceive and read situations and interactions. This is known as autism. Many people have autism, so it's likely you already know someone who is autistic. And for this reason, 
it's useful to know a little bit about autism. The special wiring inside an autistic brain can sometimes make the person good at tasks we may find difficult, such as mathematics, drawing, or music. It can also do the opposite, and activities we find too easy are incredibly difficult to learn, such as making friends. The senses constantly send information to your brain about your surroundings and other people. However, when a person's brain and its senses don't communicate well, the brain can become overwhelmed and confused, affecting how they see the world. Picture yourself walking down the street. This is how an autistic brain may experience the same walk. Scary, isn't it? Sadly, in many cases, the person can't say out loud how they feel. So even though there's chaos going on in their heads, they seem okay on the outside, unable to ask for help. We will develop behaviors to help us feel calm in uncomfortable situations. We may look away, hug ourselves, chew our fingernails, fidget, bite our lips, and so on. Equally, autistic people develop behaviors that help them cope with these intense moments. These actions may seem unusual, but they're just their way to feel calm. When they happen, it means they are having a hard time. The kind thing to do is not to give them an even harder time by getting cross, ignoring them, or mocking them. Remember, just because a PlayStation can't read an Xbox game, it doesn't mean it's broken. People with autism need friends who are willing to take the time to know them. With good communication and plenty of patience, everyone would be better off. People with autism are not ill or broken. They simply have a unique view of the world. And with a little support from their friends, they might just be able to share that view with us. Autism can make amazing things happen. slide please okay so let's just look at a few statistics when 2020 in 2020 one in 59 children was diagnosed with autism and last year it was one in 44 so you can see every year there's a 10 to 15 percent growth in the diagnosis of autism and the scary part is that they haven't pinpointed the cause yet. They're looking at genetics, they're looking at preservatives, they're looking at the different genes, but they can't pinpoint it. Luckily for us, there's lots of research going on, so hopefully one day we will have an answer. All we know is that it grows every year. Some people, you can see it, it's visible. Some people, you don't see it that easy. I now appointed in October a training officer that works now for Autism Western Cape. He is a high, low support, high functioning autistic. He has his master's degree in sociology. 
he, he drives, he's still stays with his mom. He, um, he's an excellent researcher. He does a lot of research for me, but he is, you can see he's awkward. You know, he sometimes don't know where he fit in, what he must do. He doesn't understand. We just a lot of women working there, and he's the only man. And he doesn't understand our jokes and our things, and then we have to adjust, you know, just to accommodate him to make him feel welcome. But it just shows you there, there's no limits. If they only start speaking at seven, it doesn't mean that they can't have a degree and a career and everything. So we must just keep that in mind. So I'm just going to stand a bit closer. So, um, okay, the next thing is it affects three to four times more girls than boys. Next slide. So, um, we get 10 to 15 children every week that's diagnosed at those hospitals. We can't help all the people. We listen, we sit with crying parents and carers on the phone. There's not enough schools. On Friday, we had a march to, to the Western Cape Education Department to ask them, please, please, please build more special schools. Now, what happens now? The high-functioning autistic children are put into mainstream schools. Now, those teachers didn't receive specific training on autism, so we training in the schools for those teachers. But those children get bullied because they are different. And you know, especially when they're teenagers, being different is no good. You don't want to be different. That is one of the reasons, next slide please, that more boys than girls are diagnosed because the girls tend to mask their symptoms. They want to fit in. So even though they want to fidget or do something to calm them down, they keep it in. They keep it in because they don't want their friends to skinner about them. So it's very difficult for autistic girls, even more so than boys. You know, boys, they just say, we would say boys will be boys, you know? So that is what makes being autistic for girls more difficult. Next slide, please. So you will see now the autistic girls. You can read there. I'm not going to read everything there. But as you know, teenagers form cliques, and if this one doesn't fit in, then she's not welcome in the group. And that's just a little summary about how difficult it is for autistic girls. I can't stand there, then the mic isn't so lacquer and I can't read. So um, you can read and then I can just explain whatever you need to know. Next slide, please. So there you can see, only the tip of the iceberg is visible. All behind the line is all the emotions, all the feelings they hide every day. Our children today, there's a lot of pressure on them. There's a lot of evil things outside. And now they have to deal with all those things. Being a neurotypical, normal child, it's not easy. Now having a diagnosis of autism or any other disability just make things 200% worse. Next slide, please. So there's a checklist that parents can look at when they think 
their child may be autistic. The first thing usually noticed is the child is a late talker. Now the child is three, four, he doesn't talk. Now what happens? The family say, ah, no, his your uncle also only started talking at four. Ne? But the thing that we must remember is the sooner intervention can happen, the better for the child. Uh, another thing that the parents would tell us, this child didn't play with the cars or things like that. They would turn the, the car around, spin the wheels. He didn't play at the world's toys there, but he wanted to play with the vacuum cleaner. So that's a few things that we can pinpoint. And um, they, don't, um, they don't sort out hugs, and they don't want to be cuddled, and they don't make eye contact. Again, remember, whatever I say is not for all autistics. Some of these um, check list will apply to an autistic person you know, and some won't. And then, um, like I said, the spinning of the wheel, they don't seek attention. Next slide, please. Sometimes they get hurt. They don't come running to you. That will, we will see that in the sensory, where we talk about how they feel things on their skin and so on. And then, um, that I repeat the phrases, if you say, Hello, Johnny, how are you? They will say, hello, Johnny, how are you? They will say, whatever you say, they will say, Kentucky Fried Chicken Finger Licking Good, without any reason to say that. Another thing that you will hear a parent of an autistic child will maybe tell you is, they eat the same thing every day. The three things we hear after two things is two-minute noodles and chicken nuggets. The mother say if she must make it once more, but that's all the child want to eat, they bland food. And then, um, next slide, please. So there's lots of things on the checklist. I think they, on the pamphlet I gave you out, you will see everything there. And the difficult thing is they can't express how they feel, and then um, they can be hyperactive or less active than neurotypical children and they have a tantrum without a trigger. Hopefully I will show you, I think there's a slide about the difference between a tantrum and a meltdown. If it's not there, I must just remember to tell you about it. Because that, oh, there it is. It's very interesting. You know a two-year-old or a three-year-old throws a tantrum. You In the shop, they see something they wanted, they throw a tantrum. Eh? There's a reason, there's a trigger, they do it. As soon as you give it, the tantrum is over. With an autistic child, it's a meltdown. It's not something they can control. This just gets too much and they break down. There's nothing they want. There's nothing you can give them the world while they're in that meltdown state. It won't change anything. They can't control it. They're so tired afterwards. It's just that the input they get from their senses and from the environment is too much at that stage. So. Just remember a tantrum, they will look at you and see, oh, she's reacting, she's going to give in now, she's going to buy that chips now. Meldon, they don't care what you do. They just need to get that out of their system. Next slide, please. Okay, so that's an example between the differences between a meltdown and a tantrum. Okay, I'm not just going to stand a bit closer and see but you can, I don't know if you can, it's about Tim and Tom. 
So they're both autistic children. So now they had a hard day at school, they come home. Tim is playing with his little car, and Tom is, I can't remember what Tom is doing. Now the mom, take the car away. Now Tim throws a tantrum because he wants to have the car. He's screaming, he's screaming, he wants the car. Tom on the other side is sitting there, the TV, TV is on, and now he's listening to Tim's screaming and whatever. So Tim is having a tantrum. Now all the things are too much for Tom and he just loses it. He's having a meltdown. There's nothing he wants, nothing that will calm him down. It's just that all that hearing and the TV and everything is too much for him. Next, please. Okay, so about the diagnosis. Next. Why do we need the diagnosis? Next slide. There. So, that the DSM-5 is just the diagnostic manual that the psychiatrists and the psychologists use to diagnose mental health conditions. So, they say it's a pervasive neurodevelopment disorder. Pervasive means it, it doesn't go away. You can teach coping skills and the child or the person can manage, but he will always be autistic. It's not something that can be cured. Then um, they difficult Difficulty due to restrictive and repetitive interest and behavior. Dinosaurs, space, trains, they can't and they won't and they don't want to talk about anything else. And that makes it difficult. Then there's two routes, private and government. Now we all know South African government. Ne? The private route is quicker but expensive. Government route it's cheaper, but it takes long. There's an eight to nine month waiting list. Now the mother takes this child, a difficult child, goes to the clinic or the day hospital. She sits there from five o'clock. Now this child is breaking down the hospital. This mom is all alone. She must manage now. By 12, one, they see the doctor for three or four minutes. And then they have to wait another six months. They see, a, okay, next slide, I've got it there, okay. Okay, now that's just co-occurring conditions. Sometimes, it's not always, it can be that the autistic child has an intellectual disability, attention deficit disorder, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, or epilepsy. That's just some of the, the diagnoses we see that we find together with autism. So describing an individual with autism is difficult. Like I said, it's not like that. It's like that. If you've seen one person with autism, you've seen one person with autism. Let me just tell you, about, tell you about a few famous people who is autistic. You know Messi, the soccer player? Albert Einstein had autistic traits. And who's the act? Um, Anthony Hopkins. Um, that guy in Silence of the Lamb. He's also autistic high-functioning autistics. So what makes autism so difficult? It's an invisible disease. Ah, not disease, diagnosis. It's invisible. If someone is in a wheelchair or on crutches or blind or deaf, you can see this. You can see that he has a disability. But now this person is physically able 
and you don't know he has a diagnosis. That's why we must be so caring and so concerned about everyone's feeling around us, because you don't know what, what's the last dry of says goes. Next, please. So, we don't talk about, oh, there's a few, Dan Aykroyd and that Susan Boyle. Um, we don't talk about levels of functioning, we talk about levels of support. So, you can now see those people, they are good with language, they're good with communication, they can express their wants, they can express their needs. They might seem a bit eccentric. You know, like um, Sheldon and Big Bang Theory? They, they're a bit strange. They're like the genius people. They struggle with social cues. They don't know about personal space or that you don't chip in when someone else is speaking. And then you have the one that requires substantial support. They maybe have more difficult communicating. They're specific in their ways. If you say lunch is at 12 o'clock, supper is at 6 o'clock, it must be that way. But they can do work. They can do repetitive work in a protective workshop or lots of um, organizations and companies now employ people with autism because they're so precise and so perfect because everything must be like that. Okay, then you have the, those that require substantial support. They can't communicate. They use pictures or things or gestures to say what they want. And they, um, it, it's extremely difficult for them to cope with change. They're over or under sensitive to sensory input. I'm going to tell you more about it now. These are the people that will have to have support for the rest of their lives. So today I, I, don't, I don't want you only to think about the autistic individual. Think about the carers, think about the parents, think about the grandparents, because autism affects the whole family. The attention that the brother or the sister must get is now half or quarter or whatever, because this autistic child needs sometimes 24-7 supervision. Okay, what is autism? Like I said, it's a neuro, next slide please, it's a neuro developmental disorder. It's generally diagnosed in childhood. We get a lot of adults that's diagnosed now. Why does it happen now? Because social media and all the information is out there. They always just thought they didn't fit into the world and they didn't know the reason. So now they know. And it does not discriminate. It cannot be cured. It's not a disease. It's a different way of being. Their brains are wired differently. Okay? With appropriate and careful intervention, you can make a change in that person's life. And we need, we can't take them and fit them in the box of our education system. We need to teach them the way that they learn. Um, we need to teach them skills to manage them. It's found at all IQ levels and there's often learning disabilities. And we need to change the environment to make it more autism friendly for them. So why is it special? Because it's a spectrum. It is diverse. No two individuals are the same. 
they're all different. And that is what makes my work so interesting. I have two autistic children that I see in the afternoons. The one is a grade six child, that, grade six that I tutor, and the other one is a seven-year-old. And every day I learn something else. The one boy's name is Nathan. He got this nice big thing for his birthday, and I said, oh, Nathan, you're a lucky fish. He said, I'm not a fish, I'm Nathan. <laughs> so every day I learn, you know, like practical, straightforward, don't use idioms or things like that because they don't understand it. So the four areas that are impacted with the autistic diagnosis is behavior, gedrag, language and communication, the sensory system, and the social interaction. Next, please. So I'm just going to tell you and show you what impact these different abilities have. Communications. All of us want to express our needs. We want to communicate. We want to feel part of the, the community. So the, it's atypical and often delayed. They start speaking late if they speak, but if they don't speak, we make adjustments. Nowadays, with all the um, electronic media things, they've got little pads and they type them, the thing speaks for them. And then um, they may be able to learn language, but they cannot communicate effectively. They, like I said, they interpret language literally. And their nonverbal communication is difficult. They don't make eye contact, they don't use their hands like that. Guy Wajit that works for me is like this. He's, he's walking like this the whole time. He never uses his hands, unless you give him something to carry. So the nonverbal is not all that good. So socialization, anxiety make them antisocial. Their socializing may be atypical, like um, they will, if they want your attention, they will hit you or throw you with something, or they don't know how to come up to you and to say, hi, my name is this, or even just to gesture and say, look at my book, look, look, you know? They don't know how to um, start communication, how to express their needs, and they're unable to read social cues. You know, the, the, um, the teacher once told me in the mainstream class, he said, um, yeah, you're sicker and you're happy and you're happy with yourself, like you're now this done it and that done it. And the other kids are angst-bevangen and they scared because this teacher is now upset. But this autistic child thought, the, the, the teacher said, now we're happy and everything, you know, but didn't read the body language that the teacher was upset with them. Yeah. They struggle with imitation. They lack joint attention. That just means that, um, like playing a game, understanding a game, playing snakes and ladders together, they can't do that. They can't function as a group. They can't do uh, imaginary play. You know, when children are small, they play ice, ice, and whatever. They can't do that. They don't understand that. They don't understand the, the abstract. Okay, um, next, please. Now, this is my interesting. Because I'm an occupational therapist, this is very interesting to me. The sensory world of autism. People with autism have different sensory needs. Some needs less stimulation, some needs more stimulation. Um, we're going to discuss all of them now. Um, for people with autism, their sensory needs are real, 
it's scary, it's important for us to pay attention to that. And 90% of autistic children have sensory issues. Next, please. I think it's the video. Yes. Lift yourself into this child's world and just see how ex he experienced a visit to the mall. Sound? I'm autistic and I just get too much information. You see, so when I go to the mall, I never heard so, what it sounds like when someone drinks through a straw. I don't notice these things. But now imagine an autistic child comes in here. All the lights, the sound, the musical instruments. So that is why we do adjustments for them. We put earphones on, we give them fidget toys, we give them, you, um, you get hyposensitive and you get hypersensitive. Hyposensitive is those children that's in your face the whole time. They don't seem to get enough of touch. They don't feel things the way we do. It's blunt. So they will eat strong food. They will listen to loud music. They will hug you and they don't personal space, that's hypersensitive. And then you get hypersensitive. I think hypersensitive is worse than hypersensitive. Those are the children who can't stand the labels. The sock, the seam of the sock is never right. They don't want to wear shoes. They eat chicken nuggets and two-minute noodles. Their ears, this little boy, the six year, the grade six one, I will just say, ach, nee, man, Marnus, let's try again. Then he say, why are you upset with me? Hoe kom raas het met hom? Then I didn't even realize that I raised my voice a little bit. So all those things, it literally hurts them. There's a little picture, I don't have it now in this presentation, where they show what it looks like. It's a, it's a boy's shoe with a sock. He's crying, but for him, it's like a crocodile gnawing at his feet. So that... It's just something that we must keep in mind. You know, that is why parents with autistic children, they will not take them to the mall. And that makes their world smaller. Because on the other hand, you also get autistic children that's runners. As soon as they have a gap, they run. So I don't know if you saw on Facebook, there's one of um, Sherry Bota's children that was missing again now for a day or two, but thank God they found him. But... Um, they don't have any sense of fear or danger. 
So they will just run. They will just let go of the mom's hand and they will run. So now it's a safety issue and it's the mom and the dad don't want to upset the rest of the community, but they have just as much right as us to go to the mall, just as much right as us to come to the church. So we need to be welcoming and to adapt and to know that, you know, go to the parent, ask, listen, how can I help you? Ne? Just like you will help someone with a wheelchair, get into the church if there's a step or something. Ask the mom, listen, can I look after your child while you get a cup of coffee? Can I, what can I do? How can I help you? So behavior and thinking, this is also a big thing. This is the thing we see. We need to know that all behavior is communication. If a child is nonverbal, whatever you do is a way of communication, whether it's frustration, anger, happiness, sadness, it will come out in the way that they act. And we need to find the reason behind that communication. Sometimes it's years before we find the reason. Like I said, we've got a lot of things that we can do to assist parents and to adjust parents. So if you know of anyone struggling, let them contact us. We've got stimulation kits that we give out to children with little toys that doesn't make a noise that keeps them busy and it gives them the input that they need. So, um, and then um, children with autism often have restricted, rigid and obsessive behavior. They will sit and tear paper or they will page the same book until the debliers or umgevou and so on. But that is what makes them calm. They will swing, they will, we call it stimming. They have something that they have realized, this is what I need to calm me down. But now on the other hand, there's lots and lots of fancy stuff. If you Google weighted blankets or weighted vest or something that calms a child down, but what? Ne? Our parents who have children on the spectrum receive disability grants. Now, sometimes there's no place in schools. The child can't go to school, so the mom can't work. She must stay home. Ne? Then we have a lot of single moms where the, the African males will say there's no autism in their family. It's something from the forefathers or the something that affect the child, the child is the mom's responsibility. Now the mom can't work, the child's not in school, the mom can't trust anyone with the child because he's a runner. Now they get that 1,900 rand a month. How do you live on that? Really, so that is difficult. And then the professionals, I'm just quickly going through this, this is more of interest to, um, to know that they, the people that will help you is the teacher, the speech therapist, the OT educational psychologist, pediatric neurologist. Sometimes they give the children medication to calm them down a bit. Sometimes they, if they have ADHD, they get medication to make them more alert in class. But again, you can just read, I'm not going through everything. If you have money, it's easier. You can afford that 6,000 rand a month for that special uh, autistic school. Ne? But, and you can, the 
child can go for horse riding, the child can have uh, OT tutoring in the afternoons. But if you don't have that, you, it's difficult. The important thing to remember for a parent, you and the teacher are a team. You must work together. Now at home, you use this cartoon pictures of a toilet and uh, wash your hands and lunchtime and are you thirsty? But now the teacher use real life toilet, real life picture, photo of a toilet or a photo of a meal. You know, those things are things that you must discuss and see that you use the same way. The same instructions, the same, you adjust to the child. Sometimes you will say one word like toilet. Sometimes you say go toilet. You know, you, you adjust to the child, but it's very important that there's follow through. Now the whole morning the child learns something this way, in the afternoon the mom come and do it differently. And what is even more important is grandparents. Grandparents is hardkoppig. They say, why must I change now? I've raised you, I know how to do it. But they need to understand this is a special needs child and things need to follow through. Okay, okay, next slide. Then just, that's just what the speech therapists do. Again, government, every three months, half an hour, you see a speech therapist. What? So they give home programs, so the parents need to do that. But really, if you think about it, you are working with your autistic child since he's, he's home from school. You are tired. You have other children. You must make supper. So parents need to work as a team so that they can be able to do the speech therapist. And then every three or four months, you get half an hour at the government facility. Next slide. The same with OT. There's just some of the devices that can be used for communication. Like I said, again, if you have money, no problem. You buy the smartest computer or laptop or that little back thingy that they just press the picture and the thing talks for them. Next slide. Occupational therapist is also the same. Government, every to four months for half an hour. Do the own program, and if you have money, that's not an issue. And they will also help a lot with the self-care activities because we all, all want to be independent. We mustn't think that oh, the only thing he can do is to break down a piece of toilet paper. He can't even wipe himself. That's one thing that he can do for himself. If he eats with his hands, if he, he can do it for himself. Acknowledge those small things that the child can do or try. Acknowledge he's trying. Next slide. Educational psychologists, those are the people at school that will help you and they will say that, okay, this is now um, like the child I work with, Marnus, that's in grade six. Marnus needs more time. They write a letter to the educational department. Marnus gets 15 minutes with every paper that he needs to write. Then we see, okay, this still doesn't help. He has all the information here, but he doesn't understand what he's reading when he reads the question. If you ask it to him, he can answer it. So we write, they get someone that reads the questions to him and write down his answers. So there is way and adjustments, but like I said, everyone needs to work as a team. The next one, that's the neurologist. He will now describe 
a medication to calm the child down a bit, to let him sleep better, to focus. And, um, but you know, sometimes they just see the child for five minutes and I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> next, let me not go there. So what's our conclusion? Is that it's a multidisciplinary team approach. And um, awareness goes a long way. Oh, man, can you see me? What is autism and to understand how many children they receive a diagnosis and that, that's all good and well. But we need to be inclusive. We need to understand and we need to accept and to optimize the help that we can give to parents. We need to help them. I think if you have a child that's, uh, my eldest child is ADHD. And luckily he's now 25. Luckily, we stayed in a small mining town, Clancy. I don't know if you know it's there on the West Coast. It was a security town. So no one can come in or out of town. There were safety beams and speed bumps all over the place. So that was the ideal place to ride, raise this wild child of mine. And I'm an occupational therapist. I didn't see there was something wrong with my child. I just thought he was a woolagak maniki. And I drew a haraga. To weet hoe denk jy nou maar is and so only in grade R, the teacher said, but he finishes everyone's work except his own. <laughs> so then I thought, but isn't that a good thing? <laughs> isn't it helpful? <laughs> so you don't know these things. So go and ask help. Contact Autism Western Cape. If you know of someone in your family and you suspect that child is autistic, lots, 99% of the time, the parents are in denial. But they need to know the sooner, the better. It's easier to start helping a child with shapes than to start helping them with words and maths and things. So it's like the foundation of the house. You can't build here and there's nothing there. So if you know of someone, please just contact um, Colleen and get our contact details. But it's very easy. You can Google us or just admin at awc.org.zo. And like I said, we have these kids. These kids was born, stimulation kids, because of COVID. The parents phoned us and said, we're going to strangle these children. Because, I mean, even my friends with neurotypical children wanted to strangle their children, having them under your feet the whole day. So this is now, we've got the early learner kit. This is now for children younger than five. We've got a school readiness kit, we've got a sensory kit, we've got a safety kit. This is now for the runners. It's, there's a whistle in there and a stop sign. And then the parents at home practices with the child. You do role play. You say, if I blow the whistle, look at me, I've got to stop, and you just stop there. It's got little um, thing that they linear or what they put around their neck with all the information, and it says, I'm autistic, this and this and this. So there is, and we've got the adult stimulation kit, so there is help out there. But the main thing to remember with autism, nothing happens overnight. It is a long process to go through. But there's hope. Let me tell you now, I don't know if you know about uh, Nathaniel Julia's story in Pretoria or Gauteng. This Down syndrome child was shot by the police because he didn't speak. Now, if you're a policeman and you're already on edge because, you know, in South Africa, everything happens, and this child comes and, you know, it will be scary to you. But now, 
the police commissioner asked us to develop a training to do to the police and all community workers to know about hidden disabilities. So there's hope. Years ago, they wouldn't ask that. They will just say they're right and that's the right way. Now they realize, but there's things that they don't know. So that and the fact that the mainstreams, mainstream schools that accommodate autistic children ask us to come and train the teachers. We did training in Fishuk at Sun Valley Primary School. And then the next day the teacher phoned me and said it was so nice to have this training. Won't we come and teach the children about autism? Because all the children see is this weird child and they bully him. So we had a session with the grade fives and it was so heartwarming, I'm telling you. They asked these questions and says, if this, my friend does this, how must I help him? What can I do? How? You know, so it's again, if you don't know about something, you can't do anything. So we need to wipe out the stigma, assist each other and just know that there is help out there. Thank you. Next slide. Okay, there, I'm done. So any questions?